Hey there, everybody. This is Tavo DRC, and I'm just going to be talking about the ministry. There's, you know, there's all of us have a call, be it silent, be it open with, you know, professional or just before the Lord. And I came from, I guess, ministry, Christian ministry that was down to earth and relatable. They were teachers, but they were teachable. And so I had no clue that I would be out into the world of Christian ministry after the move of television ministry and all the different kinds of brands that came out and are still coming out all colors. And I like that. It's interesting. It certainly is. And I never knew, though, that I would have to be to be in Christian ministry in these days with certain styles, only certain styles, but there are thousands, you know, many thousands I didn't know I'd have to be mean. I didn't, that's what, you know, if anybody wants to know, all the circles, all the rumors, some don't care, some do, some are like, what do you know, I thought I heard her, or that, you know, the gossipers. I thought, do I have any regrets? Do I have any regrets now? Well, you know, along the way, by God's mercy, I've he's been my savior. I've tried to keep a short, a short account with the eternal value in mind you could go at any minute so it hasn't been like it's been a long time many years but i don't have any real regrets i didn't do it perfectly i've made mistakes but who hasn't you have it hasn't been a big ministry with a lot of show but you know what i'm okay with that because i don't want show business that's the issue because i deal with a lot of similar doctrines the office of prophecy this is tavo drc creative leadership ministries but it isn't like it's about me or supposed to be or has been about me it has been about the lord it's just not presented in the famous tv preacher way that the grassroots and its great host of followers big and small good and bad and not good which is not organic not organic first church organic has a lot of human added synthetic mixtures and who doesn't i do you do so i didn't know and nobody really knew so nobody can fault find all of us young or old even ones this age who've made mistakes because who didn't nobody knew that's why i can't fuss at name names and accuse people in giant ministries older than myself younger than myself i can't do that because i know how tough in the spiritual realm the dark realm that wants to block you from doing whatever god says whether you're a mother whether you stay at home you work you're black white or brown there's always something to block you the adversary so I didn't know that in the last course of me being called into ministry, you know, I was called into ministry in the 80s. I'd already been, as my grandmother would say, my on fire for the Lord. So I was always in a ministry doing things for the Lord as he led me, servant leader. But then the Lord gave me by the Holy Spirit the revelation of a newsletter called The Encouraging Word. It had the picture of the Bible open, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which says that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's profitable for instruction, for doctrine, for reproof and correction, so that the man and woman of God, the person of God, will be thoroughly furnished. I didn't have the rest of it 
the eagle and the cross till later when God opened my heart to give that to me, add on to it through revelation. So this is a spiritual call that is revealed. It's a revelation teaching prophetic, but also daughter of Issachar who knows the times and the seasons. So I live personally as one foot on the ground trying to be human practical relationship do its right but then i also have to have at all times an eye a spiritual eye open on the lord to say i don't want to be fooled i want to hear you no matter what it doesn't have to be famous this is leadership but a lot of the leadership is for when the time is right to come out more which it is now but it's also been to learn about leadership, how not to be and how to be, but also not to be moved by dominating, controlling warfare, witchcraft from the false teaching of occult in the Holy Spirit realms. Now, did I know this, that it would end up like that, that I would have to be this strong or this mean? I'm not really mean. People who really know me outside of this, that aren't practicing false religion and witchcraft in the Christian ministry, uh, they would like me because I get along. But I just tell you, I have a, this is an oracle office. This is not a junior ministry. This is not a novice. This is not a playtime. This is not a, you know, whatever. This is a Holy Spirit revealed office ministry and it is not patriarchal or matriarchal. The last move, which is a great move, some of the great moves of the last 30, 40 years are now patriarchal, but it's a, now it's a, it's almost like regal patrician patriarchal, Roman patrician, stylized income not servant leadership and the people that follow them are the big issues for me or anyone else at the grassroots. I've never seen good teaching, a lot of good teaching taken and made into performance, hypocrisy, get all you can show all your gifting, no love. It isn't everywhere. It's certain kinds of tongue talkers. And because I know that turf, and I know the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ, they're not evil. We're not saying you are evil, they are evil. It's just saying that I'm here because the Lord had led me and called me at age 24, 45 years ago, 45 years ago, sitting in a quiet, calm, charismatic, half Presbyterian church in Virginia. Before, and I was married before I had children. And the Lord, and that was when after Billy Graham, after my college, after being in Jesus, people type of, you know, the move of the Holy Spirit, getting the Holy Spirit, inviting him into my heart, but also giving me the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not dominating, though, quietly and revealed, hanging out with God, getting a teaching in the Bible. So at age 24, the Lord said, I want you to study, you know, I was just sitting in church and all of a sudden, 1976. I heard the Lord say, in my spirit, I want you to study the body of Christ. It'll be all colors, all the kinds that believe the Bible, that really are truly Christians, and there'll be all styles. And I said, yeah, that sounds interesting. I wasn't 
accustomed to being near dogma. I wasn't accustomed to being near country law control or witchy stuff. And that didn't come for many years. I had many good years. I had many great role models, heroes. Even, you know, I came up Baptist, but I was also never one that was, my parents would either, we're not staunch Baptists. Not at all. We're very, it's always been, I was just raised, hey, everybody's got their choice. Everybody's got their title. You know, whatever they want to feel they do. It's about the Lord, not your pedigree or your pedestal. So I come from servant leadership. My grandmother was a minister. My and, and my, her husband was business. You know, but they were like only the people that they touched their lives knew about it. It wasn't a critical spirit involved in it. And this is what we now have to fight amongst the Christians, those who don't know any better, those who accuse all over the place of people whose business they mind, and yet they don't respect them. They don't value them. They do not love them because if they did, they would, if they thought, oh, so-and-so is a creep, so-and-so's teaching false doctrine, so-and-so's committing adultery, so-and-so did that, so-and-so's out of order, so-and-so, male or female, if they thought that, it was their right to think it because those people were officially under them in their ministry related to them married to them which is not going no that doesn't even that's i'm just teaching them how they're not doing all right so you see far away or you think or you dream oh yes that one's pastor so-and-so is out of order and rebellion she is so-and-so and a witch and a warlock and all these things which is crazy manic of the last discovery of the last 25 years. Now I've been in ministry longer than that's before all this <laughs> came up and out. And I may look like I'm not a grouch. I'm pretty joyful. And you know what? This is why I had to get this strong. They're that mean. They're that praying against. They're that evil eye they're that in a spiritual sense it isn't just face value it's what goes on that you don't know that they're doing it's a spiritual demonic thing in this type of holy spirit bunch of characters some are great some are not but because i'm pioneering a pro i'm a prophet true prophet i don't have to be famous and i'm not famous that wars against me from the famous you know followers that's that's you know i know this turf now, it doesn't bother me about, I'm not moved by them, but because I have to be this, to pioneer as a female or a person like this in a good old boy land <laughs> that owns the turf, presumes to own the Holy Spirit, I like, I'm strong and I'm joyful and I'm feisty. And I'm full of fire for the Lord, but I'm not coming to take you over, take you out, control you. But you are. That's the issue. So I didn't know that as a calm person and wasn't raised around wickedness. I wasn't raised around misogyny. I wasn't raised around ornery. I wasn't raised around withstand the little woman. You know, like then all these power playing. I wasn't raised around false authority. That's the issue. I teach now 
remembering all the good, positive, healthy role models of all my life until I met this streak that calls itself Christian in ministry. And if I were to go back and say when it started that I realized they were there, as when I started to get called out in public, and they didn't know, you know, they would see me, they knew me because I was around Virginia in a regional ministry, but prior to that, 12 years, happy, till that group, the subgroup of control rolled in and began to amass power in the area and people follow, you know, that type of thing. So it was unbeknownst to me that I would have to deal with the word shepherding. That's what this is. It's been the shepherding movement, the controlling patriarchal white Levitical patriarch, in which I called it because I had to identify it. I was getting, when I first discovered it, I was getting targeted for, even though I had a board, I was married, and everybody said it was okay to do this. I always, you know, was submitted to people, the right kind of people. But that wasn't good enough because they were apostles and prophets of the day, they thought. So, of course, when I'm around it, coming from natural people, normal people, knowing how many people are not like that, it is almost, <laughs> it is like a aberration to the normal Christian. That type of added accusation, never relating, never having fun, never smiling, but just accusing many. All right. On the journey from age 24, did I know this? No. Did I want to know it? No. Did I think I'd ever do this? No. But I'm joyful, even more joyful than ever now that I learned finally how not to be fatigued by it and completely free to not be moved by it even if they are disturbed or not so this is part of what a person has to do so of course I studied my Bible <laughs> if you get reputation I've had see I had board members they didn't know were my board members that would be in meetings and hear a couple of them say things about people this controlling good old boyism and Levitical patriarchism shepherding. And they would tell me, because, <laughs> you know, they would say that pastor that called me things, my board member, said he always calls people witches in their prayer meetings. So I don't need to go look and God allows me to understand what really goes on. Because see, this is spiritual warfare of spiritual leaders that say they're over the gates of the city this is the doctrine of over everybody over the gates of the city it's levitical patriarchism gone to occult it's controlling so of course i'm not moved now listen i can hang with an african-american a baptist white black or brown from people from india that are hindus nobody acts like this they're respectful and they get me a lot more it is only one kind which is must be my call to know this to train about it my call is that I stir it up by walking in the door and just sitting there and years ago on my journey I've had a lot of fun things and weird you know unusual things years ago 20 some years ago I had a pastor who was an apostle he was a missionary to the high in the high seas of Honduras and Dominican Republic area so he'd cast out devils he was a Pentecostal he was like an advisor helped me with my TV in Virginia 
So one day, out of the blue, because see, that wasn't how I was raised. All right. But one day he said, out of the blue, he just said, Tavo, never be afraid if a demon starts to manifest. <laughs> and of course, that got my attention. I went, oh, okay. What? Because that is, you know, in the back of your mind, <laughs> if you're doing the Lord's work, you think about that. If you need what happens, you know, all that. So, so, um. The pastor said, he said, never be afraid if a demon starts to manifest. I went, okay, well, then what about it? He said, well, it's just a sign. This is teaching. It's just a sign it's ready to come out. So this was very helpful to me because when I walk into a one of these clandestine, one of these meetings with good worship, that's what got me. It's the good worship. A lot of it is really good worship, charismatic. And so I didn't know that within the doctrinal bath order that there was all sorts of things, such as misogyny and evil eye and all this crazy matic stuff, witchy stuff. So then I would go in there, you know, looking for, you know, just trying to get away, really. and Or I'd be in grief, trying to get with the Lord, learn about the Holy Spirit, all these things. No, no evil reason for being there, just unsuspecting. Then I would find that I triggered it. I triggered it. The scanning, the evil eye, the, you know, withstanding, whatever that is. Now, of course, because I'm very friendly and happy and sociable, been around the ministry all my life for decades, it got my attention. So when I realized that I stirred it up by triggering it, and Dallas was the, the mecca of, and even up here, a couple here, it, you know, and it, like I said, it doesn't bother me. I really am over it, but it's so odd. It really is interesting, but it's so odd. And I just think it's blocking, hurting God's people and visitors, strangers. It is hurting people. It is harming Hebrews 10, 25, the command of fellowship with the saints. It's a friendly fire fellowship. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, from such turn away instead. Too often, why? It's counterproductive. So I'm mentioning it to let them think about it, to submit a sila. So I believe that as, as a pro, you know, they're always, as the same pastor that taught me about that, later when this started to manifest, I remembered what he had told me. And I said, oh, okay. It's just a sign the whelp spirit, dominating spirit, is ready to come out in this land. Oh, it, I happened to trigger it. It ain't fun. It ain't nice. But I am woman. <laughs> I know God. And I, you know, chalk it up to the, I, you know, I really try to live before the audience of one, not please people or have a ministry, just do what he says. It's to me, it's more the way it's been lately, the way it's being right the last three years. It's like, I feel like Elijah Facing the Jezebel spirit, Elijah, the prophet Elijah. I'm not the prophet Elijah, but I'm saying I finally understand how weird it is, can be in the Holy Spirit, you know, realms. So one of the things that thrills me is the fact that I had a great daddy and I knew so many people, even ones with Holy Spirit before the, you know, discovering that the enemy of the cross of Christ type ministry the enemy that says uh it's about me 
fault finding you and it's patrician what is patrician if you google roman patrician it was the aristocratic 80 governmental rulers of dominating enforcing slavery and controlling powers of the roman government is that part of jesus christ fellowshipping with the saints roman patricianism stylized kings and kings you better ask permission for everybody bowing and scraping people pleasing that's my opinion if i'm wrong feel free to dismiss that but i'm look i'm submitting it as sila all right we don't want people to be afraid of going to church after i had been recently not where i go now which is not like this when you switch doctrinal fields you can have a rest if you know your turf all right but before then where i had found you know the last round of trying to find hebrews 10:25 which i enjoy you know i loved but i was getting the old witch watching never speaking i can feel it now i'm a, you know god has made it so now i'm sensitive it was feeling like pencils probing it was divining it's divining so i thought i'm not i am god's treasure like yourself i'm god's treasure i don't they can't even value a new the stranger really what it got me it was isaiah 520 calling good evil evil good witch watching i've had it i don't need i've i've paid the dues so i forgive but it's like wow it still goes on so when i left the cult the cult occult spirit it takes a while to get rid of it cuz it's the freedom is there is a spiritual realm emotional realm involved well i happened upon as i was sitting at a barista fellowship one day there was a young african american woman now she was a student studying on her computer and we chatted and so we talked about fellowshipping around she's a christian she said well i tried that same place but they were prejudiced now see that's it a lot of people don't they say they're not racist but they really haven't crossed over to exactly how big racism is and bias and misogyny and how disrespect meaning and let me put it this way having respect for only certain vibes energies kind styles looks races is so bad it's so bad now in the occult groups that i have to mention it. it's it's a lot of it is biased because of either no teaching no love or just for some reason they never got it about jesus christ it's about the lord it's about love so i'm teaching so when i go when i've ever been sent the lord led me back in to you know when i was being sent out he would lead me it wasn't like oh i'm going to go i'm going to purposely plant no it was like enoch slowly whenever god said go this revival or that revival and you know that type of thing go to a conference then in the 90s go out of state to florida went to many times to tampa the panhandle orlando many times then i was dallas 20 15 years then i was in went to tulsa many times 
Tulsa, Oklahoma, a lot of places up and down, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Pennsylvania. When the Lord led me, he would lead me by the Spirit and also when revivals, giant Holy Spirit revivals would come, sometimes they'd come through my area, word of faith started to come in, you know, different things happen. So I was more like a Jesus person and still am, you like a vineyard kind. I'm not a vineyard, but to me, I can relax, be myself, happy like that, not putting on a show. I honor the roots of the vineyard. I haven't been around. I don't even know where they are now, but I really, it helped me. Billy Graham and the vineyard are me, you know, and then I can go wild worship or whatever. But to me, it ain't about me or you. It's about the Lord. So I'm going to be teaching. I've been, you know, getting good, some teaching for the Christians to try to teach cross-denominationally pan denomination. I teach cross by the unity. That's my brand. Now the Lord has given me cross by the unity book of Ephesians for all colors, but you don't change and you don't join. I'm not over you. I'm a resource collaborating like Paul in Galatians one, one and two, not sent out by any one person, any one group. I'm the brothers and sisters that are with me, but it's to train people how to get along and also how to minimize accusation fault finding, get over racism and get healing, but also do your take this, whatever this is in this, take what you feel is really from God and get, don't even take the rest. You hear God out of it and then tailor make it with him. What I would like to see, I believe the Lord would like for the end time, the last days is for the churches to be the churches, the church, the churches. To be the church first church and last church type all right that doesn't mean i have to approve of your building or lack thereof see this is it everybody now who's famous or they follow famous it probably isn't the famous people because they don't know all this is going on i do all the wannabe famous are trying to emulate to make it make it big a lot of them, not all. Now, see, there's a remnant in them. The godly, equal, opportunity, real respect, remnant. Yeah, we're for the remnant. So I'm teaching remnant now. This is the remnant. The bride of Christ prepared for his soon coming, whatever that is. All right. So I believe if I were to say, in my opinion, submitting as a seal like an Apostle Paul type, you know, office type, I would say that in the last days that the churches should hear God for themselves, males and females, they should be whom God tells you to be without being a critic of others who are not like you. I believe that when you meet the Lord, it's like, it's similar to the blind men, 12 blind men who met the elephant. Everybody who's truly true and knows the Lord will get only a little revelation or a big revelation. Some will have a ministry out of it. Some will have music out of it. Some will have an idea out of it, a business, or just how to enjoy the life every day. That is all you really need. <laughs> you don't need a formula. You don't need me to tell you how to do it. You don't need a big building or you, you know, whatever God says, do it. That's the secret. Remember, 
the first miracle Jesus Christ ever performed is when he went with his mother, whom he respected and valued. He went to the wedding of Cana, and they ran out of wine, and his mother said to him, Whatever he says to you, do it. That was the secret. I didn't say this this next part, but I heard it in the 90s in some preacher. They said, that is the secret of all of your miracles. It didn't tell you how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, the way it's going to happen. But it will tell you if you take it inch by inch, day by day. <coughs> if you just trust the Lord and only do what the Father says, like Jesus. In the Bible, the um, Messiah, Jesus Christ, said, this is something we all, I'm not doing it myself, I'm working on it. He said, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. That means his relationship was so close, first love lampstand, that he would wait until he interperceived what the Lord wanted him to do or not to go do where he wanted him to go or not to go. And I try to live like that. That's all I've done. It's been weird, but it's been good. I've had a lot of fun. I've had a, I've had more joy hanging out with God. It's only when I get a real religious spirit of darkness and domination that makes me feist, you know, like this, have to teach. Because the Lord said, and this is, let me get, skip back. On the journey of the, two, you know, since 24, the Lord told me through the years. He said, Tavo, if I'll let you happen upon something that hurts somebody in a Hebrews 10:25 church or ministry setting if you discover something that's going on that hurts people or God's good name three times or more the same thing different places that is my sign says the lord of what i see a lot more of and i want you to teach on it and most of it is doctrinal fruit so that's why i do this these things I teach, such as whelp, bias, misogyny, like racism, these things are not just three times. They're how many? Tens of thousands. They're hundreds of thousands. Of the, I mean, not that I've seen them all, but I've seen too many to count. And that doesn't make me sin conscious. That makes me, as a prophet, heightened sensitive for the sake of the Lord. And the move of God, his move, not mine. Do I get mad? No, I'm, I get righteous passion like zeal for the Father's houses. Because I see by the natural numbers since before the 2016 election, when I was discovering Dallas, how the numbers of Christian attenders in church had gone down they had also said online a poll was taken that said the number of atheists in a country has to do with the number of hypocrites in a country and i went hmm got it so when i realized that when the brothers and the sister the brothers don't respect real people that aren't famous that's a big red flag if the brothers only respect certain kinds and styles that they like, good old boyism, good old girlism, that's a red flag. Now, I can talk about men 
true men. There are tons of them. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, brown. It doesn't matter if you're country, educated or not, city, urban, suburban, whatever. It isn't it. It's a spirit of good old boys in the church. The spirit that is, uh, it's a cult control and also misogynist user. A lot of things. It can be heightened and very obvious and worse or it can be very subtle clannish clickishness secretive whatever but it has manipulation in it so when i had a great daddy my own daddy who wouldn't like that it helped me and this is good a ps for daddies for fathers stepfathers and daddies having by god's grace i didn't earn it i couldn't have figured this out having god's grace to have real christians when i grew up a real father who really was respectful and not biased and not a big you know a real he loved me and he respected me as a person not a girl i mean it was like this it wasn't this gender law legalism I grew up treasured and valued. So when I, and I had so many family men and the people in our circle and so many, I respect me through the years that weren't my family even, and especially when I first got in ministry, that when I'm around the others, it sticks out like a red flag. It gets my attention. That's why I teach on it. So we are for the Christian community. We're for it being its own diverse cultures and flavors like the 12 blind men you know the blind men in the proverb or the teaching the story was that the 12 blind men gathered around the elephant one man was by the tail and he says oh the elephant is skinny and it's got always moving it's really skinny and the other one was near a leg and the uh, the blind man said oh look it's uh no no the elephant is like a tree trunk a big tree and the other one is by the trunk and so forth. And so nobody, because God is God, nobody's allowed to see the full Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or his realm until we meet him in heaven ourselves. So therefore he keeps it interesting with many kinds of little peaks and glimpses through different kinds of preachers and believers and ministries and races in that you know the culture that they bring of the spirit now there's a culture that is your natural culture there's the culture of your ministry culture there's the culture of your call the dna of your call god's dna call for your kind of ministry there is the dna of your natural dna which has your mama and daddy and the people before you and talents and gifts and things like and you know all those things Nobody knows it all. We can only say, God, what do you want to bring out of that? What is your part on me in our call that you want to bring out from the DNA on my ministry side, my life side, and so forth? And that's what makes it so fun. I love that. The original organic person. So those persons can be in their houses doing it on TV, you know, like this. They could be with a giant mega multi-campuses, do the same, whatever God says. They could be somebody that never goes because they want to really be in prayer. They could be go to the local church in a rural area. So it's 
all about obeying, like Jesus said, whatever he says to you, you do it. Don't be a people pleaser, but don't be rude. The biggest issue at the local level, because I've lived in small towns, cosmopolitan towns, metroplexes, now Charlotte, Charlotte area, I like it. But I know the rural minefields of people who've never left their property or their area all their lives, and now they own it all, they know it all. You know, in other words, that can happen great and small. But I really, one reason I really have a heart for being online and put online fellowship, I remember in Virginia, after being raised in ministry by not... We were raised, my parents were not country, but they went to the country to have the ministry. So I grew up around the country, you know, in the country area as we ministered. Then we moved to Norfolk, Virginia Beach, which was me, cosmopolitan. Then I went back and settled there and had a family. And I remember being, the ministry started in the city, which was not, it was a big church of that day. It was not country or law. So then when we relocated, Lord led us to a house out in the more rural, chest, you know, the area outside of the city, suburb type, but it was more toward the rural. I started to know and network with the more country, Holy Spirit baptized, small ministry crowds under 200 nobody's better than anybody else. It's just by grace. So then I got to experience, I call it television affected ministry, which has been <laughs> my special field, big and small by now. And I've been affected by it. And then I have pulled out and, and I've analyzed, I've taken time to be a noble Berean of everything. And then I've been in part of these pastors groups that follow them. I have been a pastor and doing things invited to the you know i've been out with celebrity and i also know that it isn't that usually the celebrity it's not the what we would call a celebrity from out here it's really not to me that is not probably the one i don't know all their backstory or inside their inner workings but they seem to be very respectful very equal opportunity very biased very down to earth and very you know good quality some may have more controversy in their doctrines because it is my opinion nobody's perfect but the biggest part of that is because the ones that listen to them don't have the whole picture they're immature they're untrained they use it for the wrong reasons. They were never raised with education and they have no inner, you know, you know, love or no respect for anybody. And they make it into money-making. Not all. I'm pro the individual. Think it's individuals that really matter. But we don't make stereotypes, but we have to analyze subcultures. Subcultures are different because they have a huge effect either pain or or calmness good representation of christ so i've been immersed in subcultures of ministry do i like it yes i do but now i can i'm sensitive to it <laughs> and i had to get out 
of the charismatic movement and all that stuff in 2013 i quit lord led me out to be not a charismatic i talk and i believe in the tongues and the worship and all that i can move with the holy spirit or not but there's something really really the matter something is wrong with a lot of the fruit at the grassroots floor that affects fellowshipping normal people and black and white and different things because there's a lot of law a lot of law and a lot of big eye little you and a lot of people who are in false teaching because they have their priorities off the basic core message of getting people to know jesus and be saved not playtime this is a huge comment I don't mean everybody, but I don't mean not everybody. <laughs> so we're going to just keep on talking about it. To me, the worst t worst experiences I have is the worst trouble I have. The only time I really ha ever have trouble is people, misogynist, good old persons who are back under the law that that will never treat me with respect but instead judge me and accuse me, blackball me, name call me, jump me in public and do harm. You know, the, the, the Alexander Coppersmith of this movement that I have Ephesians for crossed by the unity is whelp. The, the shepherding movement is the Alexander, the Coppersmith, different ones, which I'll, I'm going to film a couple of those experiences to show why these were all white, no black, all white. This is why I'm teaching it, because it affects not just me. This is the churches, you know, the, the representation. So I'm going to have some literal examples of whelp at work. <laughs> the fruit of the whelp, you know, the fruit of the deceased, deceived whelp. Within the good caliber of their quality, certain things they teach and do and sing, really good quality, that doesn't mean at the grassroots with the people that go and you have to deal with that they are all right. Everyone is different. Every church, every minister, every, you know, I'm different from you. You got to hear it. God for yourself. This is important. You learn to hear God now to weed out true and false. But I'd never been around. I'd never was raised around tough customers, mentally tough customers. And that's, Within the subgroup is another subgroup of a lot of people that are hurting, harming Jesus Christ's cause. Tough customers out in DFW where I never would have known. I would I would get scriptures because it's so mercenary, so cold, so user, user-friendly. Not user-friendly, but using. And so, J, I don't know, just tough. And the Lord gave me Psalm 37. I thought, what is that? It says, how can you sing the Lord's song when you've been carried away to Babylon? I went, that's it. I was like a Daniel. felt like a Daniel carried away to observe it. It was, it was pretty bad. So that didn't mean everybody's bad. I liked Alice. I like the beautiful blue sky. I like the energy. I like the gems are great. I like the... I like the Barista Fellowships. I like McKinney. A lot of good places. But I do not need tough customers, biased subculture of we own everybody 
tough customers. We don't need that. So the good news is God is big. The glad tidings are still good. It's just how we're going to present them and represent them, saying we are the Christian faith, the Christian ministry. And this is why, you know, many things, it's been some big stuff. And I've learned to live I've learned to live and thrive despite. Now, if I were to go back and say, do I feel like failure? No. Do I feel I've done anything? Do I have any regret? No. Should I? Probably. That you think I do because you think like that. I don't think. I see the Lord. You know, I see my heart. But I will say I've never had so much sidetracking teaching in the spirit of prophecy as I have in misogyny. I've never had misogyny. Nobody in my family, nobody before I came to Dallas, but now I can recognize it. It is to me, it is a, uh, what do you call the word? Sam, Eli Samuel, prior to Ichabod, boys will be boys priesthood, the good old boys. And you know, if you read this, the story of First Samuel, the lone Hannah, the lone woman appeared on the porch of the temple one day. And even though she was weeping, nobody knew her backstory, which is the tale of many women and used to be myself, that her husband blessed her. And she was really being persecuted by the wife because she was barren. Hannah was, and the wife was not Penina. So she went to the house of the Lord to seek solace, to be with the Lord. And instead, she shows up alone, no man beside her, the lone little woman. And the first thing that old jaded misogynist Eli said when he saw her was, and here's this weeping woman on the step of the temple. The first thing that rises up in his spirit is, oh, she's drunk. One more troublesome little weak-willed, weeping, overly emotional little woman. And see, I know this turf from meeting it. <laughs> I would never have thought of that. Hannah, ironically, the weeping lone woman, devalued, was really a sign that Eli missed the good old boy, the prior Ichabod, good old boy, tolerating his two sons sleeping with women who came to the door tolerating he didn't respect women or he wouldn't have let them sleep with the women that came to the door as misogynist all right he tolerated when the boys will be boys priesthood pressured the people for money and the offering of the lord was despised in that day because of eli and his two sons those sins ego sins are right now in many places. So here is Lone Hannah showing up because she was desperate, you know, needing the Lord. And instead she is de she is accused, word cursed from the get-go just for showing up the God's house. This is going on now, God's house is. He didn't say, oh, I wonder, you know, the real godly office would have seen a weeping woman or anybody and said, oh, let me go see what's going on. You know, I hope she's okay. No, jaded and jaundiced.
prejudiced and biased, misogynist ego just saw her far away and thought, oh, look, problem. She's a problem. They're all a problem. I remember they'll tuck your head off. So he just word cursed her. The woman of God got word cursed because she was alone with no man beside her. Well, it turned out, ironically, that that lady, the lone lady, was the Hannah, who is the mother of the first prophet of the nation of Israel and blind Eli, dull of discernment, just didn't get it. So we live in the days. I've been teaching lately that to me, after all these decades, the three basic flavors and types of Christian ministry are the following Christian leaders. They're either going to be a first love lifestyle like Enoch, ongoing revealed, day by day, walking it out, day by day, day by day. All right. Then there's the Demas, in it for the money, you know, temporal. They could go either way, remnant or not. Eli, Enoch is the remnant. So then we have the Demas. Let's get it big. Let's make it big. Let's get our fame. Let's get our ministry up to the next level. Let's get it. You know, it's about income. It's temporal priorities. Things that will pass. Things that will bring trial to people or, or whatever. It is about, it's off its mark. It's not fully sold out. So then we have the third kind, and you know what that is, the Eli Temple Priesthood. And that has been in my heart for for the last six years when I was out in Dallas, especially, and bumping into this ego and this false, you know, misogyny, but also using the vulture culture. Many things that were strongholds, very much strongholds, and dire strongholds. And so the Lord told me, you know, to teach it like this because they have to choose who they're going to serve. You know, if you look at the word Roman patrician, which is a lot of that, the Roman patrician, big I, little U type circus systems, the big, if you look at the, the way things happened with Ichabod, God used an unknown, non-famous prophet who came out of the word work to give the word of the Lord to Eli. The dull of perception, sluggish Eli. Eli was in the state, he and his sons, of just like now. Isaiah 5.20 The whole book of Isaiah the Lord gave me, I'm going to have to go soon, but the Lord gave me the word of the Lord down there in Dallas. It's for now as well. For some. And the word of the Lord was Isaiah 1 through 10, if you read that. If you read Isaiah 1 through 10, the first three chapters are about the sins of God's leaders, not the, these are the national God's leaders, not the secular world. These are God's own people, the Hebrews. He said, You have three sons, the national prophet said, You have three sons, three sins. One is false gods false little g gods, false religion, false doctrine. And the third one is vanity. And he mentions the women as well. All right. He said, then in Isaiah 5.20, all those things, issues, real issues with the Christian, I mean the Hebrew leaders, all culminated to make them dull of discernment, even the prophets. 
right? It says by Isaiah 5, 20, woe to God's people. Woe, you call things called good evil and evil good. You're calling people and judging them and accusing them and bearing false witness of people who are good. You're failing in New Testament terms, failing to discern the body of Christ correctly, men and women in ministry. Isaiah 5.20 says you're calling good evil, evil good, even prophets. I'm a witness to that. I go in there as their, you know, this type of false prophet teaching, not that they're bad. You know, I mean, not that they're all, there's issues. So I go in there and I am diagnosed by pop psychology. I am withstood like the devil herself. Mind games, playtime, staring and scanning. I can feel it now. I've got the, I'm a prophet, so I'll know it. I'm really sensitive to it by now. I'm being defiled because these junior ministers and whatever these preachers are, they're calling good evil and evil good because they can't tell a sitting Elijah from a Jezebel spirit. Bad. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. That's the whole reason. All, all of this is for this reason. Did you realize that in chapter 10, verse 27, the national prophet gives this verse that all these love, these Holy Ghost preachers love. They all, you know, the Pentecostals, that type of thing, and I'm for it. All right. The yoke-breaking anointing. Oh, we need the war, the yoke-breaking anointing. We want the yoke-breaking anointing to deliver, to, you know, cast out devils, to heal, and all. And that's fine. But the context is not that. Do you realize that? The context is the woe of Isaiah warning God's people. The Hebrews 10.25, the Hebrews people. He says, I am waiting here. With my Holy Spirit yoke-breaking anointing, which would make your neck so fat with my anointing that no fierce Assyrian dominating nation could take you over and wipe you out in your culture. But, but, you're just rude to my spirit. You are missing it. You are false and off your doctrine. So that is the word of the Lord. It really is. So I'm going to submit all of this to you. There's a lot more to say, but I really feel like now I'm going to really work on this. I, I really feel like a real call to really minister prophetic like this to the national ears who have ears, ears to hear the Christians. You know, right now I think I'd, re I'd rather respect and hang out with people who are on fire for their cause of any faith any faith, any belief set, any lifestyle, if they are true people, then some of these weak, lukewarm, quasi-wannabes. That's why I'm happier out of, these, out of these systems. That's what I'm teaching. And I'm teaching to provoke, to provoke them, make them so mad. Make them so mad that they'll study their own doctrine. They'll go before the Lord and see if they got it right. See if I got it right. Am I mad at them? No, I'm not mad. I could be certain ones. <laughs> They're so, I don't know if they'll ever, <laughs> if they would handle it, but some of these people are really nice. And I feel if they, and I think they're very peaceful. They're just off. They just need a bit of a tweaking, 
of certain prior, you know, certain doctrine they, they didn't get taught. You know, it is only by God's grace I've been through the, you know, done this, but I had great teaching and noble Berean pa pastors, Bible teachers, and thinkers all my life. I had generations, this is God's mercy, it ain't me because I'm so great. I had teachers well-mannered and educated in my background. I believe, it is my opinion, and this is, you know, everyone's got a different backstory. So I cannot fault people that had, that, you know, many people that got it off TV, Christians and charismatics as well. Are the they could be the first preacher or Christian in their whole family. Of course they wouldn't have any, you know, it's not, they probably have more talent than me, more strength than I, they have more gifts than I, but I've at least got something that balances me out to give them a little bit of a tweak to say, please, Please study some of this doctrine and see if it's really matching up with the New Testament. What is the scripture out of Isaiah? There are two scriptures about doctrine. One is said, is it says, and I let you have to Google these, but it says, it says, though, and this is claiming for all of us, those who erred in spirit shall come to understanding, those who murmured shall learn doctrine. Do you think our nation is murmuring? Do you think people in church are murmuring? Do you think the pastors are murmuring? The mothers and fathers are murmuring? <laughs> then it says, I submit it to you in Isaiah, those who erred in spirit shall come to understa understanding. Those who murmured shall know doctrine. Those who murmured shall know the truth. Well, it also translates into doctrine. There's one more for the little kids. Somewhere in the same Isaiah 28 or 8 or something like that. It says, when should we start teaching our children doctrine? When? When they are weaned from the mother's breast. Google those two scriptures. So when we have the heartache of people thinking, I can't go to church, they're too mean. I can't go to church because I'm black. I'm white. They're gender biased. They're, they're going to backbite me. All the leaders and elders are going to gossip because I'm a single parent. If they can't trust, if it's only friendly for our fellowships out there, then they're right to turn away because Paul said to do it in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 and 1, 6 and 7. Six, excuse me, 1 Timothy 6, 5. If they're materialistic, you're not rich. You don't have any money. You're not wealthy like we are. Turn away, it says. So we got a lot of doctrinal issues here, real issues. We're trying to be fair, though. So if you think all the millenniums back from the 90s, I mean the 2000 mids and, and the late before COVID, they were all leaving the church. All these people are leaving the church. And now people after the COVID are not going back, they say. I'm pro-fellowshipping. I like to go. But I'm saying let's be real, frank. So the thought was they had a finding that back in right before COVID, somebody did a finding. It says that all the millennials, a, a million would be out of the church forevermore by 2033, 2034. Well, that's bad, but I can understand. We understand. <laughs> Worship online. 
start your own, study the Bible. We understand a lot of them probably don't want formula, fake playtime systems. And maybe just some are more, you know, namby pan. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons, but I think a lot of this is because it's been so fault finding in the churches. But the point being when the, if the parents aren't going, this is the point. If the parents are going, well, their children are never going to go. The children will never go. So therefore, what about doctrine? When do you teach your children doctrine? As soon, it says in Isaiah, as they're weaned from the breast. That didn't mean you Bible beat them down. You don't thump them. You just make it fun. But I'm saying we got to have a different evaluation, a reevaluation of what is right and wrong in, quote, ministry. And I would talk to pastors and leaders, and I would talk to you up front, and you can tell me, hey, you're off if you're respectful. Right now, let me put it this way. There is so much disrespect in the church, the true church. There is so much disrespect because of fame, bias, and fame, and busy, and the shepherding movement. There's so much fame that you can't hear a normal person anymore. People just, and especially the followers, especially the elders, especially the ones that have their power under the famous people most of the time. Not all. It's the doctrinal subgroup that does it. Certain, you know, the shepherding good old fellows and girls. So what we don't want is I'm not your pastor. I'm your sister. And I also have thought this through from every single angle for the United States of America is the reason this ship ain't going to sail. In fact, when I have been so grieved in the last 10 years after Dallas of seeing the Eli Temple priesthood and the systems and the robbery and the people that are blind cult followers and they're self-righteous and they're stuck in the celebrity, you know, worship, don't think. The Lord put on my heart even in the last few months. And I, and I didn't, you know, no, I'd say this, I mean this nicely. If the Eli Templi priesthoods don't change, if the megas that are like that in the systems because they have they hold sway over millions, thousands. All right, if they don't let go of their grasp and their control and want to serve God only, only serve God, not build your kingdom or keep it. It's not your ministry. If you don't do that, whoever these are, black, white, or brown, the Lord is this nation is not going to survive. People have got to grow up and stand up for themselves and know how to deal with life and real life and minister not just to attend and sit under they've got to be free so this is a huge topic i don't have time to go into it i don't want to right now but i will go into it if anybody needs me to and talk to me about it so we will be submitting the selas i'm going to be i'm not cold-hearted believe me i am not cold-hearted i am very i'm very fair I've just had, in the last ministry years, so many people tough 
it's made me have to be this strong. And if they're respectful, I'll know it. If But many are not. Many are standing there glowering. Many are standing there looking like bullies. Many are standing there like, oh, yeah, you're just some old, you know, you're just one more fan club member. You're just another fan club member. And, you know, relegator over with the, the what do you call it, the, the checker playing shuffleboard cell group. <laughs> so here we are anyway. And despite it all. And we're doing good. We're really doing good. Mine is, how do you tell a false teacher these days? How do you tell a false teacher, pastor, prophet? How do you tell one? A lot of people sit over there in the good old boyism and the old, you know, tough crowd. And they'll say, oh, yeah, anybody who disagrees, they're false teachers. We're not. Of course, they never, they never submit to God's whole counsel. They have no fear of the Lord. <laughs> they're not respectful. They're biased. <laughs> And then the good old boys club. So, oh yes, you're not false teachers at all. But anyway, how do you tell a false teacher? I'm teaching this. Nobody is 100% true. Nobody. Only Jesus. So everybody's going to have some faults in them. And when I went to the Lord about this, he said, Tavo, it'll be between every mature person how much false teaching they allow themselves to sit under with God's help, his input, his conscience leading you. So therefore, I'm out of witch watchers. I, I will not be assaulted like that. And that is a common trait right now, common practice. I will not go there. It's devilish, demonic. But that's your choice. That's your choice. All right, if I were to go down false teaching, where do you start? You know, there's a lot of prophecies and there's a lot of teachings in Peter. Oh, in the time there'll be false prophets, you know, watch out for false. Yeah, we do, but you don't be scared of them. You just learn how to deal with it. All right. I would say if these people, whoever they are, don't believe, they don't even know about Ephesians 4, common doctrine which is the whole zenith of the first church to get the bride in unity, a transformed community that affects society, not turf protecting, not our stuff, not good old gals, good old guys, but about the Lord as a collaborative unit with different kinds of facets and, you know, not minding everybody's business, not in control of everybody, not us against them. You mean to tell me these people never heard of it? No, they haven't. That's pretty false. So, Ephesians 4 Common Doctrine is a first starting point. Now, there's doctrines, which I'm going to go through another doctrinal thing. Hebrews 6 Doctrines. It says, putting away the first doctrines. These are first church doctrine of the baptism Repentance for sin, judgment to come, laying on of hands. Hebrews 6, read those. I'm leaving a few out. But without them, then we go to, we need to know for now, the bride of Christ, the pure-hearted bride and community that brings God's blessing, unity. It would be the four doctrines of Paul written for collaboration. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all. Nobody 
saying, I'm going to watch you. Paul didn't say, I'm going to, you need to be under the local pastor. You need to be a member of only one church. Thou shalt not church hop. Thou shalt tithe. None of that is there. The common doctrine are like this, and I submit it as a sila. Paul said to be on the same page and have a transformed community that is a sweet-smelling savor to the area. It's going to be diverse. Everyone walking in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering for unity. Everyone. Everyone. Then it says there are four common doctrines. One Lord, Jesus, that all the pastors know. All the pastors preach it. If they're true, if they don't believe it, then they're really not true. They're false. One Lord, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. All right. One faith, the Christian faith, the only one that gets you to eternity. One baptism, baptism of water for this, as a remission of sins. All right. One God, the Father of us all. One global daddy who is the father, of, maker of heaven and earth, but loves every kind of unique tribe and nation, people group and subgroup and subculture, just like I do. All right. So the issue is, if you can't even get people now to go to the basic core teaching of the church, the real church, and they are in denial that that is important, they're false. Are they false? They're missing. They're omitting something. So I'm going to go to that because we're near the end and this is getting hopefully helping the bride of Christ get prepared for a soon return whenever that is this is not a criticism this is a shocking tossing over a few temple money changers tables in a Proverbs 27 faithful are the wounds of a friend type of thing am I angry no am I concerned yes and I'd rather please the Lord and make Jesus's houses safe for the new visitor than have this hoity-toity with standing and blocking false representation of ministry. I really would. I'd rather get them all angry, feisty at me. That's all right. One thing is I've never done. I've never prayed against anybody. I've never gossiped to my knowledge. I've never tried to pry and probe in the spirit and visit people supernaturally. Never done that. You do that. Some of you do that. Or your people do. I know it. So God is good. His mercy endures, but he does not do false witness. I've never done that. And therefore we have to say, who is real? In ministry today in Christianity who is true and who's false in the prophets in the followers in the lay in the elders and the governing gods who is really true and who's really false if all this stuff ain't going on God is good his mercy endures this is Tavo D'Arcy signing off for now God bless you